Evening Hot Dadow Podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Odd Dad Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, the can't-quite-hear-today Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. You can find me at Odd Dad Out on all the social medias and at odddadoutpodcast.com. And this is the show where I ramble and rant and empty out my brain for your listening pleasure or masochistic torture I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to judge you on why you listen to me as long as you just keep listening. <laughs> oh, how you doing? Whew. So just get this out of the way. <laughs> I'm kind of like, I, I wouldn't say half deaf right now. I've, I've done some work to clean out my ears, but I am, I'm slightly um, hearing impaired at the moment. Uh, primarily out of my right ear, uh, because, well, I guess because I'm getting old. <laughs> uh, so this actually kind of plays into where, uh, generally today I'm, 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 I have a topic. Holy shit. I have a topic. Everything this week is I'm feeling peak adult right now. Uh, so to kind of get it out of the way, we, after we've lived in this house for a year, and I think I mentioned when we moved into this house, all of the amenities and the awesome things in this neighborhood, the clubhouse and the basketball courts and the pool and the splash pads and all the parks and all of the things that are in this neighborhood that made it so appealing. And after a year, granted, our first year in this house was, you know, 2020, the year that must not be named. And so we didn't do shit with any of the amenities that we pay for every month as part of our HOA. We didn't do shit last year. Granted, you know, again, part cause, you know, world, but also part cause, um, we're generally introverted and stay home and don't want to go out and associate with the rest of the world. Uh, pandemic be damned. So <laughs> we, we just never really did, but lately we've just kind of gotten into the, you know what? We're paying for this shit and it's getting hot. Let's go use the pool. But, you know, we got to use the pool at a time where nobody else is using the pool. And it's a rather large neighborhood with a lot of kids. And so if you go to the pool or desire to use the pool at any of the times where usually you would probably expect to go use the pool, like middle of the day because it's hot, you know, Saturday afternoon when it's 95 degrees. Well, guess what? The pool's going to be fucking packed. Like, hella packed, like probably 50 people in the pool. Just everybody's there. Tons of kids. Everyone's being rowdy because, well, it's a pool in Arizona and it's 90 degrees out. Duh. But we're logical. Kind of a side effect of being introverted. You have to get very methodical and logical and and, and meticulous about when you decide to go out and do things that might force you to interact with people, you got to strategically choose your times to minimize the interactions with other people that you might be forced to encounter. So we've opted for our peak time to go to the pool is either around four or five o'clock on Sunday evening, 
when everybody has already left the pool for the day and gone off to have dinner and it's a school night, so they can't really stay out too late. Or middle of the day, like lunchtime on Monday, because everybody's in school or at work. (laughs) Which has been fun enough because for the most part, we go to the pool and there's nobody there. First day we went, there was like two other kids there with their parents. That was it. And we were over in the little splash pad area for the most part because, well, it keeps us away from everybody. Also, the boys can't swim very well. And so the super shallow splash pad area with the big water castle with all the spraying jets and and all that stuff is a little more their 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 speed. So, yeah, we stick over there. But, you know, they, they want to learn to swim, the, especially the older boys. They want to learn to really swim. And so I've been trying to teach them more about how to swim when we've been out there, primarily because I'm kind of a fish. I can swim very well. I've always been able to swim very well. And it's in part because as a kid, I spent a lot of time at the pool. Like every single day when we were kids, we would walk to the pool. And I think I've mentioned in the past how I didn't realize, you know, as an adult, I look on how far we walked every day to the pool and think, holy shit, we walked fucking far every day. We trekked, we, we trekked <laughs> to get to the pool every day when I, when we were kids. But when we were kids, we didn't think anything of it. We we're just like, all right, get on the bike path and walk until we're at the pool. And no concept of time. Time was not a thing when we were kids. We just knew we had to be at the pool before noon because that's when they opened and you wanted to make sure you got a good locker and you wanted to make sure the pool wasn't completely crowded when you got there even though it was going to fill up within the first hour because it was again a swimming pool in Arizona in the summer but it was funny like me I I'm I'm so at home in the water and so comfortable in the water once you know it's not freezing balls which we've had to run into because apparently our pool uh, here in the neighborhood is supposed to be heated. It's fucking cold. It's freezing balls. It's I think somebody went out there with a pool thermometer and said at the best it was 75 degrees. And yeah, 75 degrees isn't super cold when it's, you know, out in the air and you're in the sun and everything. But 75 degree water is fucking cold on your chest or your legs or the things between your chest and your legs. So... (laughs) It's it's a tad chilly out there. You start chattering a bit. And, you know, it's it's windy. And five in the evening isn't the warmest part of the day. So, yeah, it's been a bit, it's a little chilly. But we've, we've been going out there and, and I've been trying while we're there to kind of teach the boys how to swim. And again, I learned how to swim the old-fashioned way. I was born in the 80s and my dad taught me to swim by putting floaties on me, barely, like I didn't even have them all the way on yet, and picking me up and throwing me in the pool. And then when I managed to panic and and finagle my way back to the edge of the pool, he kicked me back out into the middle of the pool again and said, do it again. And that's how I learned to swim. You know, really a, a sink or swim, you've got to figure this shit out or you gone drown sort of mentality. And now I'm very comfortable and very, you know, I'm at home in water. And I can swim in anything. I'm not, you know, what's his name? The fucking Olympic swimmer guy with the ridiculously long arms. I'm blanking his name. I'm not that guy. 
but I'm very comfortable and I can swim very well and I'm very at home in the water. My boys aren't, <laughs> to say the least, my boys aren't. They, they have a difficult time with some of the most basic functions of being in water, like kicking. <laughs> and I think it's, it's unfortunately our fault because we put them in karate first and then put them in the water for the most part. They've had like swim experiences, but for the most part, they haven't been in a lot of cases where they're in water deeper than they can walk. They haven't had to do a lot of real swimming or any deeper water, anywhere they couldn't touch bottom, they haven't really had to deal with. And so when we're sitting there trying to tell them, okay, and trying to do like the the basic exercises, like hold on to the edge of the of the pool and just kick to kind of get those leg muscles going. And the problem is their brains right now are wired kicking for karate, not kicking for swimming pool, not fish, uh, mermaid dolphin, whatever method of kicking. So they're doing these like knee up front kicks, like bicycle kicks in the water, which I, I keep trying to explain to them is completely useless in a swimming in a swimming context. Like, great, you, your form is great if you were doing a side kick in a karate class. It is utterly useless when you're trying to swim and keep yourself afloat. And I've been trying to find ways to relate sort of lessons they know and things they've already learned how to do, or at least some sort of way to relate things they've done in karate with ways to teach them swimming. And because they've, they've taken to the, their uh, karate classes very well, swimming, not so much. Swimming, they have a hard time understanding. And it's, it's weird. It's kind of the physics of the thing. It's like, hey, you need to go you need to push down so that like when you're you're uh you know using your arms with your arms you need to uh kind of flap down and to push yourself up but you also need to move forward or backward depending on what direction you're going uh you know you need that forward momentum but you also need upward momentum to keep your head above water it was like so you need kind of a downward diagonal sort of stroke when you're moving your arms and you need to be kicking your legs but you need to be kicking in more of a mermaid dolphin fish maneuver rather than a bicycle kick maneuver <laughs> and trying to get these things or just like basic you know treading water just like go out there to where the water is just off of their feet where they just have to, they have to work to stay head above water. And they have a hard time with just the basic, hey, kick your legs and don't freak out. Or something is like, I'll show them like, hey, I'm just going to lay back. I was like, okay, just relax and lay back. Just let your feet kind of float up and you give them a little bit of a kick. Just kind of flick your ankles a little bit and just take your arms and paddle back and paddle back. And you just, just relax and they don't quite get it and they tense up and they drop like a rock and the next thing you know I'm having to dig them out of the pool <laughs> granted I don't go anywhere where they can't stand up so it's really easy I was like and like, what happens if I don't float I'll just drown and die I was like you can stand up here <laughs> if you if you sink you'll just put your feet down and you'll be fine but the point is to try and uh real right now realistically my goal is to strengthen their arm and leg muscles for swimming so they can get better at swimming. 
because at this point they just don't have the the musculature and the kind of muscle memory stuff that I do from years and years and years and years of swimming. Now, at the same time, I will say I have not been in a pool in a long time. <laughs> I I still have all of the muscle memory of being able to swim, but I will just say at my age and post-COVID, I don't necessarily have the lung power to swim as far <laughs> as I used to, but I can still move. It's like I can still get in the water and I can still move and I'm still very comfortable swimming and I have a nice time and I enjoy my time in the pool. And I'm strongly considering going to the pool on weekdays more often when nobody's really like when, unfortunately, when my wife is working, but when the boys are at school and enjoying a day at the pool just to relax and get some exercise because it's great exercise. But we're, we're, I'm trying to spend the time with the boys, teaching them to swim, helping them get those muscles built up because it'll be good for them in health wise. It'll be good for them. Uh, from a, it'll help with, you know, musculature and, and exercise in addition to karate class and everything. So I'm excited for that. But again, getting old and, oh, I can't, you know, I can't swim as far as I used to and I can't hold my breath as long as I used to. And apparently if my head goes all the way underwater, then apparently I get swimmer's ear or something. I've never had swimmer's ear, so I'm assuming this is what it is. But as soon as my head went fully underwater, my ear clogged like son of a bitch. And I've been like partially deaf in my right ear since Monday afternoon, <laughs> which is mildly annoying. I've been doing everything I can to clean it out and flush it with peroxide. And yes, I know you're not supposed to use Q-tips, but I've, I've probably gone through fucking 50 Q-tips of uh, like flush my ear with peroxide and then Q-tip out and scrape out whatever shook loose and all this and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth to try and get every get all the crap out of my ears so far so eh. I, I i i can hear better than i could monday but i'm still a little uh muffled but you know kind of comes to getting old <laughs> at the same time i'm getting excited for things like a new rake <laughs> we've like this last week has just been like a weird sort of Amazon uh, buying stuff binge for us. We've been buying really weird stuff. I guess not even weird stuff like weird knickknacky stuff, but like weird stuff like really ordinary, boring ass shit that we're really excited for. <laughs> like I got a new rake. I got a. Uh, it's called a groundskeeper too. It's a dethatching rake. It's got all these really weird long spring loaded uh, tines that are like rounded wire spring loaded tines on this rake so that it can like dig into the grass and get the deep, the thatch deep underneath the, the grass bed. And it picks up the rocks and all the extra debris and all this stuff. And as you can see, I'm really excited about this rake because it means I can dethatch my yard so I can seed it better and I can get all the rocks out because between the boys and the dogs digging in the rocks, throwing fucking rocks all over my yard. My yard is full of fucking gravel. And so I need to rake all this shit up. And so I got this expensive, it's like a $50 fucking rake, really. But I got this new rake and I'm super excited. I've spent like 20, 30 minutes today testing it out in different sections of the yard, looking at how, how much uh, it, it gets all the thatch up and it gets all the rocks out of the grass and all this shit. And I'm super excited to tackle the yard this weekend to dethatch the yard and, and do all this shit. 
And I'm this excited for a rake. <sighs> but on my wife's side, uh, we just ordered her a new chair, which I'm actually I'm not using right now. I'm 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 using my chair, not the chair I used to use, which was something that I hijacked from work when we moved offices. This is the chair I'm now using is actually the chair that we originally bought for my wife instead of that other chair. But basically it was uncomfortable. And <laughs> that was kind of it. It was a case of it was too narrow. The the arms, like because of the way the arms attached to this chair, it kind of dug into her legs. And it's just one of those, eh, yeah, it's it's a gaming chair. It's not a desk chair necessarily. And it works fine enough for me because my scrawny ass barely fits in this thing. But I'm like, eh, it it digs, you know, I can't adjust the arms. I can't do a lot of stuff like that. It's it's just a chair. But, you know, it works for me. But for her, unfortunately, it just it didn't work right. It just didn't kind of do what she needed to. And so, yeah, we got her a new chair. And this is one of those cases where we try getting her a really, 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 like, really, like, fucking $2,000. Have you ever tried to price a steel case desk chair, office chair? They're fucking expensive. Now, my understanding of, you know, I, I'm not an expert in office furniture, but my understanding is that the steel case chairs are top of the line. These are the best office chairs you can get. Okay, great. Like they're super comfortable and they recline and they're nice and smooth and they have like the weird pivot thing. So when you lean back, the seat slides forward to kind of help you uh, recline nicer and all this stuff. And it's super comfortable and all this stuff. And they have uh, really nice, um, like they're, they're extra wide seats or they're ergonomic, whatever. They've got a million and one things for like, oh, you've got back problems. You've got uh, whatever. There's a special sort of fit, uh, outfitted chair that'll work for you. And it just so happens my wife had an ergonomic steel case chair in her office at work. Well, at home, we didn't have that. We had my pilfered from the, you know, trash pile when we were relocating offices chair that fit. She could use it, but it was uncomfortable as fuck. And again, we've already gone through my game my well now my gaming chair just didn't cut it so we got her i I couldn't justify spending two thousand dollars for a fucking chair basically her her steel case chair that she had in her work office was like two thousand dollars and we just couldn't do that so i was like nope 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 can't do that but she said hey find me a chair i was like okay i need you know i was looking at what were the problems with the this other chair I was like, okay, well, the arms attached in the front and they weren't adjustable. And so they dug into my thighs and there's this and this and this. I'm like, okay, well, and it, like it needs to incline like this and this. And I was like, okay, so we need to look at, you know, oh, it can't be too short. It can't be too high. And like, and all these sort of little things, I'm like dialing in all these things. And she wanted a high back chair because she didn't want to lean back and, and it like in the back of the chair be like mid back or stabbing her if she wants to stretch or whatever. So lots of little things I had to dial in and I found a chair. I was like, okay, this chair is only about 150 bucks, <laughs> not like 2000. I'm like, okay, we're going to look at this chair because maybe, because even if it sucks, 
it is still possibly better than the gaming chair, but if it's it's only $150 loss, we already actually had to send back because she already tried ordering one of the steel case chairs and it wasn't the right chair. She sat down in it for two seconds and was like, nope, this doesn't work. Back in the box and send it back. <laughs> and so like she just left it to me. He was like, and I found a chair and so far so good. We're happy with this chair. I don't even know what the brand name is. It was on Amazon. It's, you know, it's, it's the, the arms attach in a way they're adjustable. The, it reclines. It's not the best recline. It's not steel case, you know, multi slide out seat adjustable, all the million, you know, six way adjustable stuff, but it's, it reclines. It, you know, it, it does what it needs to do. And it's, it's got a nice comfortable seat and the arms are nice and comfortable and adjustable and it does what it needs to do as a chair. And she likes it more than the previous chairs. So I'm happy. She's excited for her chair. I'm excited for my rake. Um, <laughs> what else? We've just, it's just been little stuff, you know, we're kind of, we're hitting peak again. Like we're, we're kind of peak adults, shit like this, like new desk chairs and rakes really get us going. But yeah, that's, that's it, you know. Going to the swimming, going to the community swimming pool, you know, never mind the garden stuff, because again, I'm trying to save. So I'm trying to save garden talk for the YouTube channel. I haven't done a video on the YouTube channel this week because I've been tired (laughs) and we've had all this other stuff going on and pool stuff and house cleaning and, you know, school (laughs) and all that. But it's just been like, it's just been kind of one of those things. but. Sorry, I'm sitting here like chewing on my cheek for some reason. I think it's just one of those like late night kind of need something to do. But (laughs) I was going to try and record this for video. And the more I sat here uh, messing with my screen settings and like messing with OBS to try and uh, record this, the more I looked at myself in the camera and realized, why the fuck am I trying to put that face on camera right now? I am not camera ready. <laughs> it's like, it's one in the morning. My hair is disheveled. It's still kind of brittle from, from swimming and pool stuff. Like, I haven't shaved in a while. My hair, I'm, no, no camera for me. Why am I putting, trying to put my face on camera? After I sat here and maneuvered and reconfigured my microphone so it's more appealing on camera and all this stuff. And then I was like, fuck it, turn off the camera. Why am I trying to put my face on camera? So, yeah, I scrapped that. <laughs> but it's, yeah. You know what? I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go get a drink. I realized, like, abruptly, I'm going to go get a drink. But, and I'll be back. And I got one more thing. One more peak adult because that's that's the topic for the day is peak adulting i got one more big like big adulting thing my wife and i did this week that's been really funny but that will be right back after this word from the live stream for the cure my name is nicholas haskins and i'd like a moment of your time to tell you about the fifth annual live stream for the cure To do that, I brought along two people whom I couldn't do this event without, Gerald Morris and Dan Brennick. Over the past four years, the live stream for The Cure has raised over $30,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. That contribution is helping to fund research into cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. 
This year, we're aiming for our biggest goal yet as we try to raise $15,000 in 50 hours on the air. Tune in May 19th through the 23rd as we're joined live by podcasters and content creators from around the world. With your help, we can continue the fight for a future immune to cancer. Together, we can make a difference. The second half of this podcast is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. When you really don't feel like making coffee, Dr. Pepper. Okay, I'm not actually sponsored by Dr. Pepper, but that's what I got because, like I said, I didn't want to make a pot of coffee. Whew. So, <laughs> you know what? I like when I'm, I'm in a silly mood, even if I'm a little like probably like punch drunk. Is that the right word? I don't know. I'm sleepy. And I'm, I'm, I'm like sleepy, silly. And I guess that's where I get like, I've always, when I get really tired, that's when I start getting really silly. And like, I've always compared it to like when you're running on fumes and I always get, you know, when, where you're almost out of gas and you're, you're kind of running on fumes, but you, you're, you're almost there. And so you just stomp on the gas and dump everything and hope you can coast to the end. That's basically me when I'm tired. <laughs> Go with me on this. As the, as the closer I get to almost out of all energy and just going to fucking crash, that's when I dial it up to 11 and get that last boost and go all out because as soon as that last bit of juice is gone, it's all gone. <laughs> so I think it's funny because that's when I'm recording late at night, like I've been, I get really silly because I'm really tired. So you're welcome. <laughs> but speaking of really silly lately and more prime adulting, um, <laughs> this week my wife and I decided, okay, mostly she decided because I was scrolling through probably Twitter and saw R.L. Stein actually post on Twitter that Eureka's Castle has come to Paramount Plus because Everybody has completely run out of creative names for their streaming services. It is just insert studio here plus, except for HBO. I think HBO is HBO Max, but I think it's because HBO and Cinemax is all in one thing now. So they'll get the opportunity to be a little more creative, but Disney plus, uh, Discovery plus, Paramount plus, um, fuck, you know, everybody's a plus. And so Paramount plus. I swear they're just going to rebrand Netflix Plus and Hulu Plus just because I think Hulu even has a plus. But I think that's their like commercial free version. I don't know. I don't use. Okay. I actually, we actually use most of these now, but for different reasons. And we're probably going to get Discovery Plus for BattleBots because we canceled our cable recently. But we, I saw that and I was like, oh, wow. Well. Like I didn't know R.L. Stein wrote uh, for Eureka's Castle. And the more I thought about it, you're like, no, that tracks. <laughs> if, if you recall, if you were alive in the, and you were kind of a kid in the early nineties, I guess it was in the, the around 1990, I believe is when it, these shows started like in the prime days for Nick Jr., you know, with face <laughs> and that guy, <laughs> and you know, when you were watching Eureka's castle and Gullah Gullah Island 
and and oh, and I'm I'm blanking. Allegra's Window and a lot of those very puppet oriented uh, shows from the early early days of Nick Jr. Well, now those are all available on Paramount Plus because. If you don't know who owns who, Paramount is the parent company of Viacom, and Viacom is the parent company of MTV and VH1 and Nickelodeon and I think fucking CMT and all that shit. All the feeds into pop culture type stuff. Yeah, that's all owned by Viacom. Who know? Okay, anybody who follows, you know, entertainment media shit, but anyway, you, you get my point. So, Eureka's Castle happens to be my wife's favorite kids show from when we were little, more so when she was little because I was in like second grade, I think, second or third grade. So I only watched most of this stuff on summer vacation at my grandparents' house or on sick days after The Price is Right because you know you were watching The Price is Right. So <laughs> I'm like, we're sitting here and we're scrolling and we're watching stuff and we're thinking about stuff. I think we were actually even re-watching the haunting of Bly Manor. And so she sits and she asks me, she's like, so are you going to order me Paramount Plus? I'm like, why can't you order Paramount Plus? She's like, okay. And she gets up and goes over to her computer and orders Paramount Plus. And she's like, the next thing you know, she grabs the remote and tell, you know, pushes the little button on our, I, not, I didn't turn the device hockey puck thing next to me off. So I'm not going to say her name and tells her to open Paramount Plus <laughs> and, it was like, next thing I know, I'm logging into Paramount Plus and we spent the rest of the night binging old, like, Nick Jr. stuff. And we were sitting there binging on uh, Eureka's Castle and just sitting there giddy as all fuck as you know, all the different songs and picnic time and picnic time and all this fuck and all those things and the themes from Eureka's Castle and then we jump from Eureka's Castle to Gullah Gullah Island. And sidebar here, that show should be on today. And we had this massive kind of epiphany about children's television when we were kids and why our particular group, the people who watched these shows at that time, are kind of we don't judge people by race because at the time racial diversity was just a part of our programming we didn't think anything of it you watch Gullah Gullah Island this was just another kids show that happened to have a a it was it was focused on a a black family in the islands and i think it was off uh, south carolina and 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 it you know, kind of taught the the traditions of those the people who live in those islands in that that area, and so you and it was very multicultural. And like within the first five minutes of this episode, okay, here's the family, and oh yeah, best friend Asian kid, and oh yeah, the other neighbor who's uh, half Latina, and the core group of kids are completely ethnically diverse, and you don't think anything of it. Granted, on that show, you don't think anything of a giant yellow polywog. And if I said frog, I was my wife would probably jump through this and hit me. Uh, she would immediately snap up and run across the house and beat my ass for calling Binya Binya a frog. Because he's not. 
And it was really funny when she looked up, I think it was the Wikipedia, because we, we wanted to learn a little bit more about the the show and the kind of the background of it and were, you know who created it and all that stuff. And they said that the show featured a giant yellow frog and she just about lost it because he's not a frog. Binya Binya is a polywog, and they emphasize that very much in the series. But he just shows up and they don't make any big fucking deal about this giant yellow fucking thing jumping around the place. I mean, he, he was kind of the big bird. Granted, Magellan was the big bird of Eureka's castle. Still. <laughs> but we're watching and we're like, this is the diversity we need in programming. We don't need the forced, you know, beat you over the head diversity. We need the, hey, here's a children's show. And hey, it just happens to be a, a black family. It's no different than if you were watching any other show. They don't emphasize anything out of the ordinary. They don't sit there and, you know, it, the the diversity and, and all of that isn't ham-fisted. It's like, hey, in this show, these people come from a slightly different culture. They come from an island culture and they teach you about their island culture and some of their language and some of their traditions and making you know, doing this thing and this thing and this thing. And it's no big deal. They're just a family. It was like watching the Cosby show back in the day before, you know, all the rapey stuff uh, where you just, it was not about, you know, who, who is what and, and all that. It was just a, Hey, here's a family <laughs> and he's a doctor and she's a lawyer and here are their kids and, you know, life. <laughs> that was it. And that's, that's, you know, when diversity was just there, when you don't think you didn't think about it, when nobody had to tell you that when you didn't have to be told about it, it would just was anyway. Sorry. I, I just kind of went up. It was just kind of something we, we kind of real we thought about when we were watching it. And we we're like, all this stuff was in our shows. You know, we're as tolerant of, of everybody and and differences as we are because we grew up watching these shows where it didn't matter if you were whatever you know or a polywog <laughs> where you know you you were perfectly you know it didn't matter where what your background was you know or even if you were fucking human in most of these shows everybody was you know treated equally that was how we were raised by these shows we need these shows now that's what we need. We need more Gullah Gullah Island and Eureka's Castle and Imagination Movers. That was another fucking good show. We need to pull that shit up again. That was a great show. But anyway, all of that aside, we sat there binging all this stuff and jumping from Eureka's Castle to Gullah Gullah Island to Legends of the Hidden Temple. And we're just we've spent all week going back, binging all these Nick shows and all this Nick Jr. stuff slightly disappointed that you know face doesn't show up and but we'll we'll deal and <laughs> it's just been really cool and it's funny because for me i i grew up watching sesame street so yeah my my muppets were the more traditional muppets i grew up watching kermit and big bird and oscar the grouch and bert and ernie whereas my wife more so grew up watching magellan and batley and bog and quagmire which I grew up with them too, but I was older because age difference between my wife and I and what we, you know, the, just kind of the, the educational, the children's programming that was at the forefront of, of our different ages. But we're both sitting there like just super excited watching these classic 
Nickelodeon shows and just squeeing to our heart's content over all of this stuff. And then immediately, like, next day, we're like, okay, and dragged all the boys into the living room and just started putting shit on and started going through them all again and watching. Like, it was really funny. If you do get uh, Paramount Plus, which I, I have no clue what the fuck it costs. I think we paid for the commercial free version. So I think it's like 10 bucks a month. I have no clue. Uh, she she was like, oh, do you want the commercial version or the commercial free version? I don't care. It's like a $3 difference, whatever. But uh, she we got that. But it's like, if you do get it, and again, it's like it covers all of these different networks and things like that. And yeah, you get it's like every other streaming, you know, network uh, studio service, like I said, Paramount and Universal and and every CW and everybody that has their damn plus service where it's like, here's all of our old shows. <laughs> here's all those shows you used to watch forever ago that you have been begging us to bring back here. Here's all that stuff. So we've, we've been watching all that, but because you know, we didn't like so much care about a lot of the other MTV stuff. And I haven't gone through any of the MTV stuff. That'd be interesting. Now that I think about it, there might be some nice, some good stuff on MTV. If it's not all just fucking real world road rules, you know, uh, flavor, flav, you know, all that shit. If it's not just all of the MTV reality shows and if it actually has some old, like, you know, 120 minutes or, uh, stuff like that, that might be interesting to watch, but you know, we've pulled up like RuPaul's drag race and stuff because they've got like the first 10 seasons of drag race on from VH1, even season one, which if you ever watched, uh, (laughs) rewinding, if you ever watched, tried to watch drag race on what is the network? I can suddenly BOGO. I think it was not BOGO logo. God. Yeah. Uh, if you tried watching it there, if they had like logo on demand, they never had the first season. And I was like, Oh, maybe there's like some rights or something or just whatever. The first season of drag race is literally a, a running gag in later seasons. And you're like, Oh yeah, you got that season one filter on because they had like, have you ever had glamour shots where they put that like hazy sort of misty filter on it? It's like the modern day, like that, that smoothing filter on your phone where it just kind of makes everything blurry to make you look better. They basically did that for the whole show <laughs> the first season. And so it was like a running gag in the show. Well, that season usually wasn't available. Now it is. Hey, you can watch the, the season one filter and all. But it, it, like I said, we've just been kind of binging all this old, old stuff because for all of the like nostalgia that was on Disney Plus, it was primarily DuckTales. That's a mess. That's most of it. That's really most of it because I couldn't get the boys into watching like Darkwing Duck. And I don't, I didn't see gummy bears on there. Um, but it's a lot of DuckTales and Tailspin. But the boys weren't so much into that. They just, just like, oh, okay. The song's catchy. Like I could sit there and watch fucking opening credits for Darkwing Duck 50 times or you know, I think my wife actually has the DuckTales theme on her phone. I think it might be an alarm. All the boys know the themes from DuckTales. But they couldn't tell you a damn episode. They couldn't tell you anything from any of those episodes because they don't watch it. They're just, they don't, they lose interest. But damned if they didn't sit there and watch an entire binge through of Legends of the Hidden Temple. Or sit there watching uh, Eureka's Castle because it's catchy. And the songs lure you in and we're like, 
let's we used to watch this. This is the good. This was the educational programming of our day. This was the kids programming of our day. And we're sitting here squeeing out and getting so excited just watching like when, you know, the 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 triangle starts dinging at the end of Eureka's castle for for picnic time. And it's yeah, we just both like light up and it's so, just so fun because again this this is what we grew up watching and these shows and it's something nickelodeon did better than disney especially back in the day hell i'll stay it nickelodeon old nickelodeon programming like this era with nick jr always will beat has always consistently beaten every single thing on the disney channel there is no program ever in the history of Disney Channel cartoons or whatever that can compete with any of that era of Nickelodeon programming. Give me one. The closest I think you're going to get is Handy Manny, which is a direct ripoff of Bob the Builder. Bob the Builder came first, sorry to say. So, and oh yeah, if you've ever seen, if you've seen the new Bob the Builder, like 3D animation. They made it him a doll. It just doesn't look right. Bob the Builder's supposed to look like a fucking Tinker Toy. But, <laughs> and I didn't even watch that shit, but I, I feel personally attacked by the new Bob the Builder. It just doesn't, it's, it's just not right. It's just not right. But that is something where, actually, that's it. That's the one thing. Imagination Movers was a Disney Channel show. That was it. Imagination Movers is the only thing that is even close to the kind of stuff that Nickelodeon did. Like, cause we can sit there and just watch these Nickelodeon shows all day. And we probably will. <laughs> but I, I, I'm hard pressed to sit and binge through any of these Nickelodeon or these Disney shows. Or like our, our Disney plus membership is in, is, very much kind of getting to a point where like, eh, is it even worth it? There's not much to watch. It's like, it's really like the reasons to watch it are for maybe new movies coming out. It's about it. We're not super excited for most of them. A lot of it's like the older movies, like being able to watch Hocus Pocus whenever we want or Halloween Town or, you know, a lot of it's like that stuff. That's most of what we watch, really. We probably have sat there watching Luck of the Irish more times than we've watched any new cartoon or show or movie or anything on Disney. It's really for that retro, the retro movies. Disney Plus, we watch for movies. Nickelodeon, we watched for the shows. I mean, I can go back and I, I could realistically probably go back and binge through iCarly and Victorious. And I wasn't even a huge fan of iCarly or, or any of that. Before I'll go through and really care to watch most of the Nickelodeon or most of the, I keep jumping. I keep saying the wrong thing. Most of the Disney shows, like I'd, I'd put Drake and Josh or iCarly over uh, Hannah Montana as much as I like uh, Sweet Life or Jesse or some of those shows like, okay, Phineas and Ferb. There's, there's no beating Phineas and Ferb, Phineas, but you think of how many shows the, the rarity of a, of a really just knock out, like, yes, got to watch this. Phineas and Ferb and Imagination Movers are the two shows that I've been able to come across at this point in my little ramblings here about Disney versus Nickelodeon streaming services that I would put in league with the other, with the Nickelodeon stuff that we're watching. 
And so, yeah, sorry, I'm biased. <laughs> no, Nickelodeon made better shows back in the day. They're not so much now. Now they're pretty much indistinguishable. But, you know, back in the day, there was a decided difference. Nickelodeon always leaned a little more mature. There was a lot more slightly, you know, there, there were more mature jokes on the Nickelodeon shows that you could get a laugh about that maybe if your parents were sitting there watching with you, I don't know why they would be, but they might like kind of have that chuckle, kind of like watching Shrek because there were a lot of adult jokes that were put into Shrek and a lot of the DreamWorks movies where those jokes were in there for the adults. But, you know, oh, it's a kid's movie, but they threw plenty of jokes in for the adults so the adults could enjoy it too. So there, there was a lot of that Nickelodeon stuff. There was a lot of, like a lot of adult stuff. Now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't see if Ren and Stimpy was on this. <laughs> I should look and see. I don't know if they could actually get away with it. I think, and I know, I think the rights with Ren and Stimpy are all weird, but I don't know if they could actually, if they were going to, if they're going to be ballsy enough to put uh, Ren and Stimpy on Paramount Plus. I need to look because I know like, Hey Dude was on there and I got to go watch that because I, man, I miss Hey Dude. <laughs> I don't know if you watched that, but that was like, there's the show it like took place in like a dude ranch or something. And it was filmed out here, like in, in Tucson, I think. And so it was just one of those excited things. <laughs> Again, peak adulting, you know, freaking out over childhood TV. Sorry. <laughs> it's just been, it's, it's been a weird week. It's been a funny week with, with stuff, you know, getting old and, you know, swimmers ear and excited for rakes and, and desk chairs and, and, and legends of the hidden temple. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just been, it's been one of those weeks. Uh, but you know what? Remember how I mentioned I get all giddy and excited and then I crash. I'm starting to feel that crash coming on my, my totally not sponsored. Dr. Pepper is starting to wear off. But before I fall asleep on my microphone, if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on all the social medias at Odd Dad Out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or in the Oddballs Facebook group. Need a better way to transition into that? Of course, you can subscribe to the show, follow on your favorite podcatcher of choice. Go to odddadoutpodcast.com or email me show at odddadoutpodcast.com. E, I just said email. <laughs> voicemail or text me 516-636-7631 that's 516-OTOPOD1 and hopefully if I'm not too overblown while I'm dethatching my yard I should be mailing off some stickers and keychains to all of my episode 200 question giving providing people and it still goes out there if you have the guts to try and build an oddball Sunday and make it tag me on in your whatever social media places and I will send you a shirt. I will. I will do that because I I haven't had the time to do it myself and I want somebody else. Fuck it. Make ice cream and get a t-shirt. What the fuck? All right. I'm out of here. Until next time, my oddballs. Thank you and good night. Good night.